0: Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Well hey everybody. Today is a really special day. Not just not because it's the 4th of July, but because we have Pastor George Morrison in the house. Pastor George pastored and led this church for 35 years. His wife, Cheryl, was around longer than him. And they served, and they served this church for 35 years. Now, we, we take that for granted because we're, we're used to Pastor George being around for all these years. But that's rare, my friends. It's rare that a leader and a pastor would lead his church and would be faithful to the call of God, would be faithful to the gospel, faithful to the word of God. And God is blessing him still, him and shall still, and using them. And so we are so grateful today that we get to stand in the, in, the, in the wake of his legacy, which is really the legacy of Jesus. He would tell you that. But it's the faithfulness of God through his life, but it's his faithfulness to follow Jesus and so we want to honor Pastor George today. And so also I just, I just want to remind you as they've, they've, they have, as they re- retired from this position, they stepped into another position and they started Truth and Life Ministries. And they're ministering um, all over the world. And I'm sure we will share a little bit about that. But we're just so grateful to have this man of God. Ministering to us from the word of God, like he's done for so many, so many years. Can we all stand and just greet him and give him a wonderful welcome today? We love you, Pastor George. Thank you, buddy. Love you, buddy.
1: Very nice. Love you. Very nice. Hallelujah. Wow. Isn't Jesus good? Keep standing up. Thank you, Jesus. He is so good. Come on. Hallelujah. Do you know… Go ahead. You may be seated. Do you know how I know Jesus is good? Because He's been good to me. (laughs) He has been so good to me. And I look around and see familiar faces, bless each and every one in new faces. And uh, I told Pastor Jason this, and I did get a chance to see Cheryl, but, you know, they're doing such a great job. I am so proud of them. I wish I could tell you how proud I am of them. And I don't think it's wrong to be proud <laughs> of someone who's doing a ministry for the Lord and lifting up the Lord. So Cheryl and I, Cheryl is here somewhere. Where are you, Cheryl? Sitting over there. Stand up, hon. Would you please? Yeah. You know, her ministry continues on. I'm woke every morning with Cheryl praying because she's on like five different prayer meetings in the morning across the country, so like every time zone. So sometimes she's up at four, sometimes she's up at eight, but that's what wakes me up—her prayers going on in the house, which is a great thing, and I do appreciate that. When Jason, Pastor Jason, asked me to um, speak on this Fourth of July, of course your thoughts immediately go—it's Independence Day. We're going to talk about independence, we're going to talk about freedom. And I thought, here's a thought that struck me, that all my ministry, my greatest motivation and ambition was that people would be free. Individuals would be free, because you look around at, at so many hurting people, so many people that are down and out and suffering in so many different ways, that you know what Jesus provides, so you want them to know what you know. You understand what I'm saying? So our motivation should be to touch everyone we can around us with the same freedom that Christ has given each and every one of us, and I pray that we'll be able to do that. Now when I thought about this freedom, I realized this thought, and I'm going to build on it, so. Bear with me, and that is I realized before freedom there's always a battle. How many know what I'm talking about? Before freedom. World history, United States history, Bible history, if you study any of it, freedom only came as a result of a battle. Someone had to fight for that freedom. Our freedom today, we stand on the shoulders of those who fought for our freedom today. So that we can sit here and we can enjoy the benefits of the United States of America. So there's always the battle. And I, I went back on, on Bible history a little bit, and I, I remembered that Moses had to battle Pharaoh before they were free. They could go on. Joshua had a battle the Canaanites before they could go into the Promised Land. That the greatest battle and the greatest freedom that was won was won by Jesus Christ. Jason already said it. It's won by Jesus Christ. But he had to fight a battle, folks. He fought a battle. He went to the cross, and he paid a price for freedom for all of mankind. Because we were bound. We were bound in our sin. We were bound in our rebellion. We were bound in just uh, uh, this world that we live in. And Jesus stepped down into this world. He said, listen, I'm going to set you free. Now, there's two things we want to cover today. Number one. What we want to understand is that you are free. You are free. <laughs> know you are free. Right, listen, before you begin, you got to know. Say that with me. No, you are free. Listen, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to know you are free. Look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8 and verse 36. of the... English thin version. So if the Son, Jesus said this. So if the Son set you set free, you will be what? Free. Look at that word though. Indeed. I mean there's a strong emphasis that there's no question, there's no disputing. If the Son, who is Jesus Christ, sets you free, you are free indeed. Now, that's the first thing you need to know. But the second part of this is this, that you need to know how to hold on to that freedom. Because there's so many people who are born-again believers in Jesus that are not walking in the freedom they ought to be walking in. That saddens my heart that this happens. But you need to know how to hold on to that freedom. So the focus of this message on this July 4th is gonna know how do I hold on to the freedom? How do I fight the battle and come out victorious on the other end so that I can live in the freedom? Look at what Peter says here. He said that, that live as people who are what? Free. How do we live as people that are free? Because you see, we can't really help others until we're free ourselves. It's pretty hard to have that kind of influence in someone's life if we're not free ourselves. Because we're so bound up in fighting that battle over and over and over again. The battle over anxiety. The battle over oppression. The the battle over, over guilt and condemnation. And yet, these are all things that Jesus came to set us free from. We need to know how to fight that battle. So the title of the message is this. You want to write it down. Vision, you have to have a vision for victory. (laughs) A vision for victory. I know they're doing this just to uh, tease me and say, here, let's see if you can work your way through this. (laughs) Vision for victory is down here at the bottom, okay? Okay. uh, What does it mean to have a vision for victory? I want to share that with you right now. And it's going to come out of a very familiar uh, story in the Bible. It's not just a story. It's something that happened. It's something that's real. I've been to the place where it took place. But it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read 1 Samuel chapter 17. But it is good homework assignment if you'll go and read that either this afternoon or sometime this week. And it's a familiar story about David and Goliath. Now, here's how it goes. And I'm just going to tell the story, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to make some points. The Philistines were the dreaded enemy of Israel. Uh, They were the neighbors, but they were the enemy of Israel. And they're always in conflict one with the other. They were gathered together in a valley called Elah, the valley just west of Bethlehem and Jerusalem in a valley. So if you have a valley, you have mountains. One mountain on this side, one mountain on the other side. The children of Israel were on one of the mountains and the Philistines were on the other side of the mountain. Now this is not your ordinary battle. Uh, the terms of engagement are different altogether. The Philistines had a man who was named Goliath. He was a giant of a man. Some scholars argue over how tall he was, maybe around nine foot tall. But here's what we know about Goliath. He was big, he was bad, and he was battle-tested. We know that about Goliath. He was one to be feared in the natural. So, He comes down every day into the valley from his position, and he puts out a challenge to the children of Israel, the armies of Israel. He said, send me one man. And if that man comes and defeats me, then we call you the winners, and we will be your slaves. If I defeat him, you will become our slaves. Not one person, nobody, came from the camp of Israel to take up the challenge. Nobody wants to mess with Goliath. So a young man by the name of David, he comes onto the scene. He's the youngest of the sons of Jesse from Bethlehem. David is obviously too young to be in the army because he's back taking care of the sheep. But his father calls him one day. He said, listen, David, I want you to take some food And I want you to go to your brothers who are in the army. They're fighting this battle. And find out how things are going. But give them this food. Find out. So David gets to his brothers. And as he's talking to his brothers, they're sharing with him about this man, Goliath. And they were telling him how bad this man is. And about the challenge. And they were also telling him about... And the king says that if anyone defeats this giant, he's gonna give him the daughter, his daughter, and they'll be free from any taxes. In other words, they're gonna be blessed for the rest of their lives if they kill this Goliath. The giant says, give me one man. This time, David hears the challenge. So as he hears the challenge, don't know exactly what he did, but he look toward where the challenge is coming from. And here's what the Bible said. All the men that were around him, all the men of Israel, when they heard, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. You know, the devil wants you to live in fear. He wants to intimidate you to the point that you will dreadfully live in fear all the days of your life. So David's response is different than the rest of the men. David says, immediately, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You'll begin to pick up now the difference between David and the rest of these men. Now, remind me, David says, I'm paraphrasing this, adding word. Now he said to the men, now remind me, David says, what will the man get who kills this Philistine? Now David says this. See, in David's heart and in his mind, what he is really saying, get this, you got to get this. What do I get when I win? Did you get that? He, He wasn't running away in fear. He already had the battle won in his heart. What do I get when I win? You see, let me pause from that a moment. You can be defeated before the battle begins. Before you walk out your door in the morning, you can be defeated. You've already set the stage for a day that's not going to work out for you simply because of your attitude of your heart and the position of who you're trusting in, either yourself or in the God that you serve. And that's where David was. You see, how you come out of the battle is many times determined by how you go into the battle. Get these. I know it's awful quiet in here because you're just kind of writing all these things down. Your success in a struggle depends on what you do before the struggle. Your deliverance from a storm can be determined by how you go into the storm. There's no question we're gonna have storms in our lives. There are gonna be challenges each and every day, but how do you go and meet those challenges? How do you go into the storm? What you bring to the battlefield will determine what happens on the battlefield and how you look coming off the battlefield. Can I say that again? What you bring to the battlefield, and that battlefield is life. That battlefield is every day we live, there's going to be some battles, will determine what happens on the battlefield and how you look coming off the battlefield. Now. Let me take you back to the story. David says, when he said all this about the uncircumcised Philistine, he said, I'll go. So they take him to, to Saul the king, and Saul the king questioned him. He said, what makes you think that you can go and defeat this? This uh, Philistine, this giant of a man. A proven warrior. You're not. You're just a shepherd boy. Well, David just begins to rehearse. He said, listen, I'm not just a shepherd boy. I was out taking care of sheep and I took it seriously. And a lion came one day, tried to take one of the sheep away. And I struck that lion down and I killed him. He said, King, there was another incident when a bear came along and took, took this sheep. And I did the same thing to that bear. He said, I did it to the lion and I did it to the king. And he said, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing, get this, he has defied the armies of the living God. You know, this story is not about David. It's about God. It's not about David getting the claim and the, and the victory and all the honors. It's about God getting the honor that he rightfully deserves. And when the enemy is coming, listen to this. When the enemy comes to try to steal your freedom, what he's really doing is he's defying the living God that we serve. And we need, so we're not only fighting for ourselves, we're fighting on the side of the living God. And that's what David's mindset was during this whole thing. So David takes a sling. He takes five stones. You know the story. He goes down one stone. He kills Goliath. He's a great champion of Israel. Scholars had questioned, how could this boy with one stone kill this giant of a man? Now, here's what they failed to understand. You got to get this. You see, they failed to understand that David had more in his arsenal than a sling and five stones. David went into that battle not just with the sling and five stones— when everyone else was fearful, when everyone else is saying there's no way anyone can defeat the giant of a man, when, this, when they saw this obstacle they could not overcome, David sees a whole different picture. David's response is, what do I get if I win? <laughs> He's thinking about the other side. When others are forecasting failure, when others see defeat, David has a vision for victory. And here's the point. You have to have a vision for victory. A vision, and that's going to be the difference, that you're going to be victorious on the other side. You know, David did not wonder about the battle. That wasn't the most important thing to David at that time. All David was thinking about, what's on the other side of the battle? Now, you got to hear me in this. What's on the other side of the battle? When you go to battle, when when you're fighting the struggles of life, listen, if you're so bound up in the struggles, you're going to live not a victorious life, but a life that is defeated. But if you can see yourself on the other side of that battle as victorious, that's a vision for victory. Your day is going to be a lot better. How many can see that? That's what's going to happen. Now, in order to meet the challenge of life, you're going to have to have a vision for victory. Now, David had something more than a rock and a sling. It was his spirit. It was his attitude. It was his trust and faith in the living God. He so trusted in the living God. He had so much faith in the living God. His mindset that was in him is what won him the victory. Before he set foot on the battlefield, it's not what he had in his hand, it's what he had in his heart. It's what you have in your heart, not in your hands. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. According to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly or carnal, but mighty in God. If you try to win the battle in the flesh, you're going to lose every time. Because I want to tell you something. The enemy is stronger than you are, but he's not stronger than the living God. And that's why you gotta pull back. Every time you sense a battle that's coming, you gotta pull back and you gotta hide yourself under the blood of Christ and the, and the victory of the cross and say, listen, I'm standing here victorious and I'm gonna walk this day in a victorious way because of the living God. Now, here's another thing you see about David. When David looked at the battle, this is important. When he looked at the battle, he did not see it as something he was going to, but something he was going through. Did you get that? He didn't look at something he was going to, but something he was going through. Here's the difference, when you think you're going to it, then that's your final destination. That's the end of the road. That's the last chapter. But if you see it as something you're going to go through, you already begin to see yourself on the other side and whatever it is you're facing. David already learned that his God specialized in taking people through things. You gotta understand, God specializes in taking you through. Not to, he doesn't leave you at the battlefront. He doesn't leave you to die. He doesn't leave you to keep getting wounded over and over again. No, God wants to take you through that so that on the other side, you'll be better, wiser. You'll have more freedom, more trust in the living God. But you gotta see yourself on the other side. We don't walk to, we walk through. We walk through the valley of the shadow of the death. We walk through the fire. We walk through hard times. We walk through difficult situations. We serve a God who is able to bring us through. He brought Moses out of Egypt. He brought the children of Israel out of the sea. He brought the children of Israel out of the wilderness. He brought Daniel out of the lion's den. Are you getting the picture here? He brought the three Hebrew children out of the fire. He brought Peter out of prison. He brought Paul out of the storm. He brought Lazarus out of death. And he brought Jesus Christ out of the grave, the victorious. That's the God that we serve. He specializes in bringing us through whatever we might be facing. So you must have a vision of victory before the battle begins. You have to see yourself on the other side. The same God who brought them out, the very same God is the God that we serve today. On this day that we celebrate freedom, Pastor Jason already mentioned, we ought to be celebrating something better than that, along with the freedom that we have in the United States, the freedom that Jesus Christ provides for us through the cross. And He wants to bring you through. So whatever you might be facing, I don't want to minimize any battle that you're going through, but I do want to encourage you that God, once you bring you through that thing, He's not going to leave you there. You're not going to be there forever. This is going to pass. You're going to come out the other side. But in the meantime, step back and see yourself a winner in the whole thing. David said, what do I get? (laughs) In other words, he was thinking of the end already. What is my reward? Do you know what your reward is? A closer walk with Jesus, each and every time. Stronger and better in your faith to face the next battle. And more than that is that you have a clear vision of all that God has for you here and throughout eternity. Turn to someone and say, you have to have a vision for victory. You have to have a vision for victory. Will you stand with me, please? Listen, I I know Pastor Jason desires this, all your leadership here desires it. I desire for you, I think more than anything else, (coughs) is that you walk in the freedom that God has provided for you. So as you celebrate, as you whatever, blow up the fireworks or blow up your grill or whatever you wanna blow up today, (laughs) think about each and every thought, think about, you know, I'm free, (laughs) and I'm free because of Jesus Christ, and I'm gonna celebrate not only my freedom in America, but I'm gonna celebrate the freedom I have in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Would you bow your heads, please? God loves you. He loved you so much that it broke his heart to see you bound up. He loves you so much that He had a plan. Even from the time that Adam and Eve sinned, He had a plan. And the plan was to deliver mankind so that they might be free and can become part of the family of God. If you're living in some kind of guilt today, or shame, because, you know, that's, that's, a, that's the consequences of sin in our life. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a person in here who has not sinned, but there are a lot of people in here who have put that sin under the cross of Calvary. And because of that, we could be free from the guilt that we carried as a result of the sin, the condemnation that we carried. And then I take it a step further, With the redemption came healing. God wants to provide healing for you. He doesn't want you to be anxious. He doesn't want you to be living in depression and the oppression of the enemy. We need to say more often in our prayers, who does this person think he is, this uncircumcised Philistine? Who do you think you are that you're defying the living God that I serve? with our shoulders back spiritually speaking we walk into the day victorious because we have a vision for victory if you don't know jesus christ as your personal savior i'll tell you there was a time in my life not too long ago but i remember the kind of condemnation and fear and paranoia that i was living in and it was all a result of my careless sinful life that i was living What I thought was bringing me freedom was bringing me more condemnation, more hurt in my life because the devil's a liar. And he was lying to me to to get me to believe that the more I live worldly way, the more I adjust to the culture, that I'm gonna be free. But it is a lie from the very pit of hell. Jesus comes to tell you today, I offer you real freedom deliverance, healing, joy. I, I love just singing about joy today. That is a result of receiving Jesus, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I know all of us could use a little bit more joy. So with your head bowed, you say, George, man, I want to be free, really free. I, 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 stop, I don't want to stop pretending. I want to Stop putting it off. And and I want to make a step. And I want Jesus Christ to come into my heart. If you're that person, just raise your hand real quick. Just raise it right now and say, okay, I want to do that. Okay, I can't see your hand, but God can. Now I want us all to pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, this is the day. And what a day. July 4th, 2021. I'm claiming my freedom through Jesus Christ. Jesus, I confess my sin. I ask that you forgive me. Come into my heart. Set me free. I want to be a child of God. I want to begin to live on the other side, the victorious side, serving you, filled with hope that only you can provide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, and amen, and amen. Let's give God praise and glory for it.
0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor George. Come on, can we thank Pastor George again? Love you, ma'am. And Cheryl, love you, bless you. Listen, today, if you gave your life to Jesus, just want to ask you to do me a huge favor. Right in front of you is a connect card, and you can just fill that out. Check the box that gave my life to Jesus. Drop it off in the white buckets when you leave. Also, um, if you have a prayer request and you'd like for us to pray with you, our staff will be honored to do that, and you can do that also when you leave. If you are willing today, I want to bless you today. I want to pray God's blessing over your life. And so if you can, just lift your hands to receive from the Lord, from him and him alone. Only he can bless your life. Father in the name of Jesus we leave here today with our hands lifted. We leave here today as a posture of receiving your blessing. So God in Jesus name for every marriage represented in this room and online God I I ask you today that you would bring healing and restoration to every family God that there may be fractions that you would heal that you would restore. God today I ask you that you would deliver every person that is here online. Who, and, or in, in person, God, that they would be delivered from the strategies of the enemy, God, that which has bound them. God, I speak the freedom and the power, the bond-breaking power, the chain-breaking power of the blood of Jesus over their lives. May they walk in that today. God, I ask you that you would rebuke the devourer off of their life. God, I ask you that you would provide for them emotionally, spiritually, physically in Jesus' name. God, today we leave you walking in your authority. We leave here walking with your biblical clarity as we serve you and worship you with our lives. May you protect us and keep us and bring us back here safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name we all say amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a hand today. Love you all.